Hello, and welcome to On the Turf, hosted by two guys who have never been on the turf. My name is Ron Patel. I'm Shreebel Nkanda. And unfortunately, Arjun couldn't make it today. Uh, he was reeling off of the Packers' loss to the Lions and the, the the true fall of Aaron Rodgers. So he's taking a he's taking a week off to recover. <laughs> I think he might need another week off after next week when the Steelers lose once again and Kenny Pickett throws three more picks. But uh, uh, you might need a week off too, Shree. But uh, <laughs> Maybe. this week you got me and Shree coming to you. Um, we're going to be doing a quick recap of games from last week. I uh, will do a quick preview of some games in the upcoming week, and then we'll also get into midseason awards um, and talk a little bit about what our predictions are there. So, Shri, what do you have for us? How are you feeling about uh, last week of football? Last week of football was pretty amazing. I got to say, you know, we had some teams on by, but, you know, the games did not disappoint whatsoever. Um, I'm very excited to talk about a couple of games. I thought, you know, we saw a lot of teams, you know, improve. We saw some teams, you know, just, you know, completely just fail. Um, but I think, you know, this season, uh, this week, sorry, was a really good litmus test for a lot of teams, you know, and give a projection for the rest of the season. So I think it was a great week, um, and I'm excited to talk about the games we have. All right, well, let's dive into our first game. Uh, it was in the early window on Sunday, one of the best games of the week, really. Uh, the Bills and the Jets. The Jets upset Buffalo 20-17 to in New York. Uh, really, really great game. Uncharacteristically bad game from Josh Allen. He had two picks, but he did run two touchdowns on the ground. Uh, Sauce Gardner, the front runner for defensive rookie of the year had an interception um offensively uh zach wilson not great but he got the job done through a, a touchdown pass to james robinson michael carter runs one in two i mean the jets didn't look great last week against new england they come out this week uh defense looks amazing they shut down the bills uh what do you make of this Sheree? i mean is it the jets team for real and does buffalo need to worry yeah, I mean, you know, coming into this game, I feel like we all thought that, you know, if there was, you know, a Super Bowl, you know, contender or favorite, it was the Buffalo Bills. You know, this team is just star-studded all around offense, defense, so efficient, just so, you know, a playmaking heavy. They're just a great team overall. You know, the Jets, they had a couple wins here and there. They beat the Steelers, you know, they lost to the Patriots. So we all thought that they were pretenders, but they come out here and, you know, Offensively, they're they're able to hold hold it off, but like defensively, they come up big against one of the best offenses. And you know that Bills run defense is really starting to make me worry because they looked horrible for the past two weeks. And I feel like that is their Achilles heel. If there's like any weakness to this team, if they don't get that figured out, um, that could be a real problem for them because a lot of these teams, I feel like around the NFL, are trying to adopt that run heavy kind of attack. So if they don't get that figured out, it could be a worry for them. Yeah, I mean, and their secondary didn't look great either. Granted, they had a couple few key pieces out. Obviously, Micah Hyde's out for the year. Trey White is still out. I think Jordan Poyer was out for this game, too. And that led to Ricky Garrett Wilson uh, having a pretty oh, solid yeah. day. Um, and this Jets offense will just get better. They're missing Corey Davis right now, one of their veteran wide receivers, who's a really good target for Zach Wilson. So, I don't know. This Jets team could make some noise in the East. Um, but... I think they would make more noise if it wasn't for the next NFC East team that we're talking about, <laughs> yeah. and that's the Miami Dolphins. I mean, the Dolphins' offense looked tremendous this past week, uh, beating the Bears 35-32. Obviously not the best defensive performance you want to see. We'll talk about the Bears and Justin Fields a bit um, later, but first thing I want to talk about 
is 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 this Dolphins offense? Is there any stopping Tua, Jalen Waddle, and Tyreek Hill? You know, like when you think of an NFL, when you think of like you know as a defense, how are you gonna you know stop this opposing offense you have coming onto you? You think of you know trying to lock down their best receiver, but you don't have a best receiver to this Dolphins team. I'm I'm sure Tyreek Hill is so much better than Jalen Waddle, and, and he is the main guy in Miami. But when you have two, you know. You know, I think right now Jalen Waddle is playing like a top 10 receiver. And when you have two of them on the field, it's impossible for you to delegate that secondary to, you know, target one player or another. And, you know, I feel like Tua, even if that doesn't work, and he, he has been underthrowing the ball sometimes, but he's been balling out. I feel like he silenced the haters. I feel like really we need to talk about a debate versus Tua and Justin Herbert. Like, well, like I think it's time to consider, like, you know, with Tua who has weapons, he's performing the spots, and I'm sure Justin Herbert does not have the weapons right now with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen out. But Justin Herbert last year with weapons versus Tua Tyrello this year with weapons, that's a good debate to have, honestly. So I'm excited for this Miami Dolphins. And honestly, that Bears offense, we can talk about that later, but you go ahead, Rowan. Yeah, no, I was gonna say that's I didn't I never thought of that comparison. That's yeah. a really good comparison to me because everyone's been saying Justin Herbert was the better QB in that class, but you make a good point. Yeah. I mean, granted, Tua might have better coaching right now, but that's true, yeah. He's been amazing this year. He any game that he starts and finishes, um, they've won. They're six and zero in games that he actually plays in, which is incredible. That's insane. Um, I mean, yeah. this past week, near perfect, he didn't throw a pick, only had he was twenty one for thirty, over three hundred yards, three touchdowns hits Tyreek and Jalen Waddle um, on for touchdowns as well. I mean, it's hard to stop this team. But on the other end, Chicago didn't look too bad. I mean, this was a team that we thought was in the depths of, like, in the depths of darkness <laughs> just a few weeks ago. But again, this is a loss, but they're showing signs of life. Uh, Justin Fields broke the NFL single-season rushing record for a QB with 178 yards rushing. That's insane. Um, most of those on a single touchdown run for 60 yards. Um, he threw three touchdowns through the air. Darnell Mooney finally caught his first touchdown, so fantasy owners can rejoice. <laughs> but, um, I mean, for an offense that we thought was going to be really, really run-heavy depending on the running backs, Justin Fields is starting to come into his own a little bit, um, even with really, really, like, low tier weapons i think yeah um yeah you know i feel like even if like for all chicago fans out there like even if you know you lost against one of the best teams in the nfl you have something to be proud about you have something to you know go out there and support your team for like the next week it's not completely hopeless you i feel like chicago has found their franchise quarterback justin Fields is making plays like Remember, this this is the quarterback that had the lowest passer rating in the NFL over the first four to five weeks. Now he's turning it up, like on the ground and through the air. I mean, fantasy owners last week, forty two points from Justin Fields. I mean, come yeah. on now. Uh, I think I think Chicago should be happy. I think that they have something to look forward to in the future years, and they also do have some draft capital after trading Roquan Smith. And that's another thing that I wanted to talk about. You know, that trade to the Ravens. I feel like Baltimore still hasn't paid Lamar, and now they're about to. They have to pay this all-pro linebacker. Like, what? What is Baltimore supposed to do at this point? But I'm, I don't know. That's kind of touch for another day. But yeah, I mean, that line was crazy. The Roquan pickup was good, I think, for the Ravens. But another pickup the Steelers got Chase Claypool. I mean, he didn't make much of an impact this week, but I think having another top-tier wide receiver on the field is going to be really good for Fields going forward. And honestly, with a really weak NFC, the Bears are not completely out of contention. Uh, for that last wild card spot, maybe. 
But uh, let's get into two other NFC teams. I really want to talk about this one, Shree. I think this is I a really great. I think this it. is a great game to talk about. Honestly, I think this is a perfect way for us to you know gauge how great teams are. And you know that's the Cardinals versus the Seahawks game. You know, Rohan, I I must say that you know it's, I feel like it's very frustrating for any Cardinals fan to have such an incompetent head coach. But and I I understand that I'm personally I have the Seahawks in the top ten, but. You know, losing a divisional game at this stage, a must-win game with DeAndre Hopkins back, with Kyler Murray, you know, being completely comfortable within this offense. I mean, I mean, I'm just gonna let you. I'm, I'm gonna be quiet. I'm gonna let you have this one. I just, I don't know where to start. I mean, <laughs> I've ranted about Cliff Kingsbury enough times, but this is such a like. This is this is a very talented roster. You have a top ten quarterback. You got a top five wide receiver. Uh, Offensive line, sure, struggling a bit. But think about how much you invested into this offense. You traded picks for Marquise Brown. You traded picks for Robbie Anderson. Uh, <clears throat> you re-signed James Conner. You, you do so much, and you still can't find ways to, to maximize your team. And it's just, it's, it's just frustrating. Like, Cliff Kingsbury calls plays that aren't conducive to Kyler's playing style. He puts him in, in a pocket pat, like pocket passer, uh, sense. Um, and then I look on the other side, I see the Seahawks. They do rollouts with Geno Smith. They ran like bootlegs off of play action. It was beautiful to watch if it was my team. And I wonder why we didn't do the same thing. It, it, it's really aggravating. Um, our defense our defense was not good at all. Um, I mean, Kenneth Walker ran all over us. Geno Smith, outside of that one pick, had a had a fant- another fantastic game. The Seahawks might be legit. Um, I think they'll face some strong competition in the NFC West with the Rams and Niners. Cardinals don't look good. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think this game, this game, it's important because of the Seahawks at this point. Like, I, I love the Cardinals, but this game, the Cardinals are, are I think, teetering on the edge of irrelevance. Damn. And this game might have pushed them over the edge. Uh, I'm sure Arjun would have liked to be here for this one. Um, but yeah, you know, I think, I feel like the Cardinals, you know, the success is just, it's just a product of coaching. And it's just, you know, the run defense, in my opinion. I think that secondary can hold it. I think Byron Murphy is probably one of the best corners in the league. Um, he is. Yeah. And I feel like that secondary can, even even if that secondary isn't performing at its best, you know, that run defense has to be solid. And everyone's been running over them. And offensively, if that play calling isn't solid, you can't use those playmakers. And obviously, you know, Robbie Anderson, he's been, in the, he, he's been on the Cardinals for three weeks. He's caught, I think, like, Three passes for like no, negative. No, 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 no. He's caught one pass for negative four yards. Okay, that's all he's done. It's terrible. I'm like, and like, part of me is like, is Rob Anderson not good? But part of me also is like, why? Like, how do you not incorporate your new weapon into your offense, especially after you just lost Marquise Brown? Yeah, you know, you got him. You got the remnants of AJ Green. You got DeAndre freaking Hopkins. You got Zach Ertz too. It doesn't make sense. Like, even if you yeah. have a weak offensive line with all of these weapons. You have to be able to scheme these guys open, and they're not doing it. It's just so frustrating. Yeah. Anyways, I'm not talking about this anymore. <laughs> We're moving on to our last game. Um, Sunday Night Football, another really, really great game. Uh, Chiefs-Titans, uh, this game goes to overtime. Uh, Chiefs win 20-17. to uh, Mahomes throws for over 400 yards. Derrick Henry, huge game on the ground, um, as Malik Willis had another game where he struggled. Um... Now, I think this game, I'm not going to talk too much from Malik Willis here. I think that he was dealt a pretty bad hand. You know, not many great receivers in his offense. Uh, thrust into playing one of the top, like a top three team yeah. in the league. Um, he did what he was supposed to do as a game manager and let Derrick Henry, I think, carry the brunt of this offense. 
But on the Chiefs' end, I mean, it's a good win. Uh, you obviously come up with a win. You're happy with that. Uh, Kelsey, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster got really involved with the offense. That all looks great. But are you a bit worried that you you took that the Titans took you to overtime? Like, are you a bit worried that Derrick Henry did have his way with you for much of the game? That you needed Patrick Mahomes to throw sixty eight passes and and it come from behind victory? Jeez, oh, like is that is that is that is that a worrying sign for the Chiefs that you know maybe their offense isn't quite so unstoppable? You know, I, I think like more than just the Chiefs, I feel like you know this Titans secondary like. It needs to be applauded for whatever they did. You know, against the Chiefs, which in my opinion, probably the best passing attack in the league, being able to contain them and like forcing it to overtime when you know for a fact that your offense isn't going to be the best it can be. I feel like that Titans secondary just, just was amazing. And I feel like Titans fans have, you know, they have so much hope. I feel like they're going to win the division. They could go far into, you know, the playoffs, but that's for another time. But for a Chiefs, you know, I think that, you know, the passing game has been effective. There's a reason why you've thrown for over 460 yards, but you have to be efficient in the red zone. Like, you haven't done anything um you know you've got it going but that run game needs to be incorporated better um i don't think i, I should be that worried because the titan secondary is just been playing out of the out of its mind right now uh, throughout the season but you know I, I you know come back i just sit back you know just just go week by week but i don't know i, I um i actually you know what i i would be worried if i if i were the chiefs um, I think so. You I mean, the I best think that when, yeah. you, when you look at both these offenses, I think they're both very, very one-dimensional offenses. At least that's what it that's seemed true, like yeah. last week. Um, you know, the the Titans are completely reliant on on Derrick Henry. Maybe a bit less so when Ryan Tannehill comes back, but this is still Derrick Henry's team. As for the Chiefs, I mean, look at the stats right now. Let's see their backfield combined for nine, 12, 13 carries. That's how many yards they got, Shree. I mean, when you think of thirteen carries, you usually think around like. I don't know, 60 yards, 50 yards, 14 yards. Oh, 13 carries for 14 yards. Their leading rusher was Patrick Mahomes, who had 63 wow. yards on the ground himself. So yeah. yeah, I mean, we had an amazing week nine. But like, let's talk about week ten. We have some. I feel like overall not the greatest matchups, but we have two key games going into this, uh, going into week ten. And the first one, in my opinion, is probably going to be the best game of the week by far. It's the Minnesota Vikings going to the Buffalo Bills. Um, what do you think of this, Rohan? I mean, I'm pretty excited as a Vikings fan. We're seven and one. The Bills are six and two. We have the better record. Uh, we have the momentum. Kirk Cousins is dancing with all those chains with that eight pack. Oh, um, oh, <laughs> I was surprised. I'm like, I was surprised he was ripped. I'm, I thought he was like a low key like a dad bod, but bro he was actually yoked. yoked. He is young. He is ripped. He, he <laughs> I did not expect that, that either. Um, but, you know, way. most likely we'll probably be seeing that again, right? You know, the Buffalo Bills don't have Josh Allen, but what do you think? Well, yeah, I think that's a big point. We didn't mention this earlier, but Josh Allen, I mean, the elbow injury, um, we don't know the extent of it right now. We're, they're saying it's a UCL injury. Uh, could keep him out of the Minnesota game. Could keep him out for a lot longer. So that's something to keep an eye out for. Um, I don't know. I think... At the end of the day, this game this game might just boil down to if Josh Allen plays or not. I think if Josh Allen plays, um, this is a good bounce-back game for them. They're back at home. They're playing a Minnesota Vikings team that has been relatively untested this year, I think. Um, and this could be a great statement win for them. If Josh Allen is out, I think the the Vikings offense or Vikings defense will have a lot easier of a time handling the Bills offense with Case Keenum under center. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how the Vikings offense plays out against a better defense. Um, I mean, all the weapons are there. I really want to see what Kirk Cousins can do with this now. Uh, does he fare well against 
like high-end opponents. I think this is going to be a really good litmus test for both teams to see how they fare against other top teams. Um, and I mean, come playoff time, that's what's important. Yeah, you know, listen. If if Josh Allen isn't playing and the Vikings lose, I think we can all agree that they're pretenders, right? I mean, they've had probably one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. They've lost to the only the only thing that they lost against had like an above 500 record and that was Philadelphia Eagles in week two yeah and if they if they lose to the Buffalo Bills without Josh Allen I'm and I haven't really been high on the Vikings just because of the opponents that they've had they had to come back from Washington last week but you know if they get it done if they're doing it convincingly then yeah I think it's time to put the Vikings in you know in the top five conversation like finally right but if Josh Allen's there I, I I mean I it's at home in Buffalo they just took a big L to the Jets I'm taking Buffalo for sure but, you know, Josh Allen is the X factor there. I don't know what Case Keenum is going to do, but maybe that Bills receiver, that those Bills receivers were like Bala or something. But we'll have yeah. to wait and see on Josh Allen. I mean, here's the thing, though. It's like, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know why I'm high on the Vikings. Tree. I'm pretty high on them. I mean, yeah, you can say they had an easy schedule. And this, again, this is a good litmus test. But, I mean, good teams beat bad teams. And the Vikings have been doing that relatively consistently. Which is something we haven't seen from them in so many years. That's like, true, this is a true. historically inconsistent team. I think, yes, like they're easy teams, but I also find it just as impressive that this Vikings team, you know, is beating the teams they're supposed to beat. You know, going seven to one, seven to one in the NFL isn't an easy thing to do, and I think it's impressive the Vikings are doing it. You know, it, it's. I guess. I mean, I, I am. I'm, I'm happy that they're doing well. I'm. I'm like the reason why I'm not as high as them. High on them is that. They've had to come back from behind. They these haven't been, you know, those easy wins. And like last year, for example, like almost like I think seven of their games came in in like ones were all one score games that were decided. This year, they're able to exact same situation, but they've just been successful. So it's just a matter of like the last four minutes of the fourth quarter just deciding their games. Like last week against Washington, they were down seventeen to nine for like up until the fourth quarter until Kirk Cousins. You know, threw it at Justin Jefferson, and they they did it, and then an interception helped them. But you know, I'm just not convinced, Rohan. Like these got if if they're, All I right. mean, they beat bad teams, but they just got to be solid wins. But we'll, we'll I mean, I, I'm glad that they're doing well. I'll just I'll just say that. All right. Well, let's move on to our other game. <laughs> it's a Sunday night football game uh, for next week. Uh, it's a California matchup. You got the Chargers heading to San Francisco to take on the new look 49ers. I mean, first thing we'll talk about here. Uh, we haven't released an episode in a while, so we haven't hit on the trade deadline too much. But the biggest trade, I think, of the deadline, Christian McCaffrey to the Niners. Um, they gave a lot of draft capital for him. Whether that's the right decision or not, we're not going to be able to tell. But as of now, it's looking good. I mean, in his last game with uh, the Niners, McCaffrey got that hat trick. Uh, he threw for a touchdown, uh, rushed for a touchdown, and received a touchdown in one game. An incredible performance from him. I'm really looking forward to seeing how... Uh, what's the name? Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan <laughs> implements uh, McCaffrey in that Niners offense. There's so many weapons there. It'll be a really, really, really fun offense. Um, but yeah, so they go uh, off their bye week, taking on a relatively banged up Chargers team. They've had injuries on the defensive end. Mike Williams will be out. Keenan Allen, status up in the air, but I think he's trending out with the way things have been going recently. Uh I don't know. I think this is a top one for the Chargers. They just came off a, bit ra- a very, very close win to the Falcons. I think the talent, once healthy, puts the Chargers in that top 10 conversation in the NFL. But right now, 
I don't know if they can beat a team like the Niners that uh, are are starting to hit their hit their stride. Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, I feel like the Niners are are are, are basically Super Bowl contenders at this point. You know, they are. Mm-hmm. If 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 I think of the top three teams in the NFC, I think of number one, the Eagles. And I think the Vikings and the 49ers and all the, those three teams as like the top of the NFC. And any of these teams I see can make the Super Bowl from the NFC. I just want to say though, if, if Jimmy G does not, you know, is not, does not have, is not having success with this team and like he finds a starting job next year, he will be the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Like this man has the best cast around him. He has an insanely like talented offensive line, the best possible weapons. So you have Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brennan Ayuk and CMC. Like that is just oh my god. If if and, and a great offensive line too. Let's not let's yeah, not forget that. Exactly. And the running I mean, game, Kyle Shanahan will just like handle it. Like he, he is just he's stacked. Everything's stacked all around him. I'm praying for Jimmy G just for it to like he can't mess this up. Like like I, I hope he messes it up against the Vikings, but he, he just can't mess this up. Am I just like am I the only one that thinks that or like or th- does this feel no, like I, I, agree. I think I, mean, yeah. I think these are like these are the type of games against uh, against like mid tier or good teams like the Chargers, these are the kind of games that the Niners have to start consistently winning if they're going to be in that Super Bowl conversation. They have the talent. The question is, if it comes down to the wire, can Jimmy Garoppolo lead you to a victory? Now, I'm not saying that this game will come down to the wire, but this is one of those games where it's like this is a team that the Niners should beat, but there's also like a very, very I can like conceive of many different ways that the Niners <laughs> manage to lose this game. Yeah. Um, and I think that. Again, this is a matchup where it's not Jimmy Garoppolo against Justin Herbert. It's a matter of like, can Jimmy Garoppolo lead all of his weapons and just and just do enough to win this game? Yeah. Um, I think he will. I think that again, this Charger team is a bit too banged up for me to pick them. But um, it's not a game that's going to make me completely sold on the Niners until I see more of them and I see them performing consistently with Jimmy Garoppolo under center. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah, but uh, let's get into our last section of the of the of the week. Um, it's a bit past mid season, but we're going to be doing actually no, it's just mid season. We we finished week nine. We have eighteen weeks now with the new schedule in place. So let's yep. get into mid season awards. Um, so what we'll be doing here, uh, me and Shreel both are giving our picks uh, for who we think will win each major award. It's pretty straightforward. Um, some of these picks are probably the odds on favorite. Uh, some of these are a bit outlandish, so <laughs> wouldn't recommend betting on these. But uh, let's get into it. Starting with the rookies, we'll work our way up. Um, first thing, let's start. Let's, let's start with offensive rookie of the year. Tree, um, how about you give your pick first? All right. So, like, I, I'm, you know, if people watching this, you know, I, I am, I'm completely like, this is, I am focused, like, I am making <laughs> this with a complete, you know, rational thought. Okay, and I'm picking Chris Olave. <laughs> for my offensive rookie of the year like let me tell you why and i understand you know the saints are not performing well and i understand that you know when you think of offensive rookies you think of someone that's performing you know out of their mind as a rookie but and i, I know like justin jefferson who was a wide receiver who who did not win offensive rookie of the year and chris olave is nowhere near him but the reason why is just because when you think of offensive rookie of the year i i'm thinking of someone who that like whatever team they are they're on is consistently relied upon this is a this is a type of person that you know just has the stats to back it up can work with you know any kind of environment and chris olave has been bouncing between multiple different quarterbacks and he still produced he i think he's having i don't know how many yards he's at but 
He's he's at like a top fifteen, top twenty in terms of just like st- statistics wise against you know all other receivers that are just not rookies. And when I think of you know other you know potential offensive rookie of the year candidates, I'm looking at running backs who have entered like mid season or who have come in you know injured. So at that point, I just feel like I have to defer to Chris Olave. And the only thing that's really holding him back is the Saints just not performing well. So my pick is Chris Olave. That's an interesting pick. Like, I like the idea of it. I just think that at the end of the day, like, the stats are needed. Yeah. Maybe he has, like, a second half spurt, and that's a reasonable pick to say that, you know, if he does perform um, better in the second half, he may he may be able to get that award. I think the talent is there, though. I think you are right with the talent. It's just he's, he's shown a lot of flashes, I think, that he's yeah. going to be a, a very good wide receiver in the NFL. But I think his quarterback play is really holding him back. But I'm going to go with the much safer pick. I think it's the odds-on favorite right now. Yeah. Uh, first of all, shout-out to Damian Pierce. I mean, he's having a great year. Unfortunately, he plays for the Texans, and no one cares about them. <laughs> That's why I'm going with Kenneth Walker. Um, I mean, like I said, ran over my Cardinals this week. Uh, I think he ran for over 130 yards. And three of his last four games, he's had over 100 yards. He is this workhorse back in the Seahawks offense. Um, he's been extremely involved in the passing game, especially after Rashad Penny's injury. Um and I mean, I think it counts for even more when the Seahawks are in the playoff picture and at this rate look like they'll get the NFC West crown or they'll at least end up in a wild card spot. And I think a lot of that is thanks to thanks to um, uh, Kenneth Walker. And if, if they do make the playoffs, I think he's kind of a shoe in from Offensive Rookie of the Year. But uh, that is, of course, barring anything else happening. Barring injury, which knocked out my favorite player for Offensive, yeah. player of the, or offensive Rookie of the Year, Brees Hall, Brees Hall, who unfortunately mm-hmm. tore his ACL a few weeks ago. Um, but I think Brees Hall was a clear candidate for Offensive Rookie of the Year until until his injury, which now I think makes the race a bit more open. Yeah. But uh, that leads me back into the next Rookie of the Year award, which is Defensive Rookie of the Year. I feel like we're going to be agreeing a bit here, Shree. Um, yeah. I, was, I, I think it's pretty obvious. I'm going with Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner, uh, yeah, completely agree. He's acting like a top five corner. He leads the league in passes defense. Uh, he has two picks uh, on the year now, and that's because teams don't test him. They're already acting like he's on an island. No one wants to test him. And I think that just goes to show how good he's been. Yeah, you know, completely agree. I feel like you know he he did get cooked by Diggs. You know, I, I will point that out just because we have to point. You know. <laughs> It's Stephon Diggs. He's he's playing like the best receiver in the league right now, in my opinion. This year, he's playing with the best receiver, um, Stephon Diggs. And you know, I think Sauce Garner. You know, he he. In my opinion, I think he's playing like a top three cornerback in the NFL this year. And there are, oh. I feel like there are two cornerbacks that you put above him. That's you know Patrick Sertan. <laughs> and I feel like the young corners are just are just playing amazing this year. You know, um, and then I, I think something like Darius Slade, James Bradbury, one of those two can you know. Coming at two or three. James Bradbury. Yeah, he's been playing pretty well. Um, okay, okay. But, what I, but, you know, I feel like there, there's not really competition for Sauce, you know, for this award. So I feel like you just have to defer to him. He's playing out of his mind. Um, I might pick Sauce Gardner. Yeah. All right, so now we got Ricky's out of the way. Let's go on to the grown-ups. Uh, we'll start with Offensive Player of the Year now. Uh, Shri, what's your pick here? So I'm, I know for a fact that I'm not going to get shade for this. I feel like if anything, Jalen Hurts... Um, is my pick for an offensive player of the year. The reason why is just because I feel like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen are just, you know, better players in terms of elevating their team uh, to a better level. And I feel like just because the Eagles have so many ways to win and Jalen Hurts is just one part of that, and I feel like I'm just going to give him offensive player of the year. I feel like there isn't really too many people that you can give offensive player of the year to. And I feel like Jalen Hurts, with the record that he's had, with the success that his team has, 
with however how he's complimenting his team, I'm going to give it to Jalen Hurts. I mean, like, uh, it's like a good pick. I think he's one of like the betting favorites right now. I just hate when uh, quarterbacks win Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah. I think it should be a award that like goes to non-quarterbacks since quarterbacks <laughs> yeah. always win MVP anyways. But no, I think you're right. I mean, like I said, Jalen Hurts having a great season. Um, he really is like an all-around offensive player too, on the ground and through the air. So I, I think that's a great pick. Um, I'm going to go with someone who I think is working their way up that ladder, uh, but is quite at the top yet. Yeah, that's Tyree Kill. Ooh, um, yeah. Hear me out, Tyree. Okay, for, Tyreek is on pace to set a single-season NFL record for passing yards or receiving that's, yards. Sorry, that's crazy. I mean. Yeah, he's on track for well over 2,000 yards. He's already over 1,100 yards, nine games into the season. I mean, this guy is consistently going for, like, over 120 yards per game. And what's more is these are coming on a lot of receptions, too. He's already got 76 receptions on the year, so he's on pace, I think. He'll probably be on pace for around 150. I mean, it's hard to deny a 150-yard or 150 reception over 2,000-yard season for, for off the player of the year, especially if the Dolphins uh, end up with a good seed in the playoffs. Uh, the one issue, he's only caught three touchdowns so far this year. Maybe there will be some progression to the mean um, in terms of touchdowns, but even if there is none, I think the sheer volume that he's getting in Miami uh, makes him a candidate, I think, for this award. But moving on to our defensive player of the year, I think this is another one where we probably have some of the consensus. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm going to pick the obvious guy here. It's Micah Parsons. I mean, he's leading the, this 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 Cowboys team is, I think, arguably a top three, maybe even the best defense in the league. And Micah Parsons is the biggest reason for that. Uh, he's got eight sacks on the year, but he's not just a pass rusher. I mean, he's he's back in coverage. He can cover the run very well. He's an all-around defensive player, a really like a real Swiss Army knife. Um, and because this Cowboys defense is so good, yeah, I think it's only fair to give him the award yeah, if, he, if, he, if he keeps up his play. Yeah, completely agree. Any other, anything else from you, Sri, on that? No, I really, I don't think that there's anything else for me to say. I mean, this Kyle, Kyle I mean, the, I picked Michael Parsons as my defensive player of the year before the season started, and it was for a completely different reason because I thought the Cowboys' defense would be so like bad, but they would still have a good enough record that like Michael Parsons would be able to showcase his skills so well that people would just give him the defensive player of the year. But you know, I, everything else was true, but it's just that the Cowboys' defense has just been so well and. Michael Parsons and they complimented Michael Parsons so well that Michael Parsons really has been playing out of his mind. I mean, he's top three in sacks. I think he probably has one of the most, ta- some of the most tackles in the league. Um, so I think, yeah, Michael Parsons defensive player of the year. And really, there isn't that much competition for him. But Zadaria Smith from the Vikings, maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. But finally, on to the big award, most valuable player MVP. I mean, typically this award goes to a big name quarterback, and I'm not gonna. I'm not going to veer away from that 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 track <laughs> record too much. Um, this this is a, this comes with a very big asterisk. My pick. Um, again, we said this player got injured just last week. Josh Allen uh, suffered that elbow sprain. Now, if that injury turns out to not be too major, I think that he can win this award with a relative ease. Um, he's been the front runner for a while. He had a, two rough games where he threw a few picks, which have put a bit of a dent into his resume. Nevertheless, he still gets work done on the ground if it's not through the air. Um, if this, again, if he's healthy, I think the Bills team is still the front runner to se- front runner to secure that number one seed um, in the AFC. 
and get that buy. I think if you put all of that together, it's a pretty compelling argument for why Josh Allen should win, especially considering you know he's been hyped up to make that leap this year, and I think he I think he's done a very good job of that. I'm gonna give my honorable mention really quickly to Tua Tonga Bailoa. Yeah, I mean, like I said. Uh, when he's playing, this Dolphins team does not lose. Uh, I think his 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 only issue is that he probably won't win the division because of the Bills. Yeah. Um, and the other issue is that he did get injured for a bit, so his stats might not be. His stats already have. He's he's, he's backtracked a bit with stats because he can't catch up to these other players. Um, but at the end of the day, I think Josh Allen. He has the talent. He has. Um, that dual threat ability at quarterback, and I think he has the best team to lead him to the number one seed, um, which which is important for an MVP. Yeah, for sure. You know, completely valid pick. But you know, I'm gonna go with Patrick Mahomes on this one. You know, Patrick Mahomes. You know, I, we talked about this last week, but this guy has the most passing yards in the league. I think he has you know the most passing touchdowns in the league, um, and he's second in QBR rating, right outside of Tua Tagovailoa. And when you think of you know an MVP, and Josh Allen has had his like fair share of just like bad games. I feel like Patrick Mahomes hasn't had you know that bad game for him to just drag him down the ladder. I think Josh Allen has had some of those bad games where, you know, it's made you question, um, can he be like the MVP candidate? But Patrick Mahomes, he's remained consistent. And even when he's not throwing like three touchdowns in the game, he's throwing 460 yards passing. Um, so I think, you know, Patrick and Mahomes, exactly. So like, I, I I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes. Shout out to Tua. I, I, you deserve it if you're healthy, but you weren't, unfortunately. I hope you win, but you're probably not going to win, but I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes. And also, because I think that the Vikings are actually going to beat the Bills next week. So they'll have, the Bills actually have a worse record than Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, which I, which I feel like will just help the Chiefs even more. Um, and ultimately, Pat, and ultimately Patrick Mahomes for that, um, MVP. So yeah, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes and that, yeah, that's my pick. Interesting. I mean, the Bills didn't win the head to head against the Chiefs, but, but I do think you're Ooh, right. I think if the true. Vikings yeah. can beat the Bills, um, and especially if Josh Allen was injured, Patrick Mahomes is the easy pick for MVP, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's all we have for you this week. Hopefully you survived this episode without Arjun. Um, personally, <laughs> I think it was a lot more fun. Me and Shree have never done an episode alone together. I think it went yeah. pretty well, Shree. What do you it think? It went pretty good. It was, this was really, really fun, honestly. We didn't have to listen to horrible takes from Arjun. <laughs> I'm kidding. Shree, you know, that was, I wasn't pissed off at all today. I, was, <laughs> I, like, I didn't get angry at anything today. I, ta- I fully talked about the Cardinals, and I was calm and collected. I think Arjun <laughs> just pisses me off. <laughs> I, I think that's the issue. Maybe, maybe, um, maybe, maybe we mutiny Shree. Maybe we, maybe we, we, we throw him off his own podcast. Low key, yeah, that might be the move. But um, could be the move. Who knows? Who knows? Anyways, <laughs> we'll get back to you next week. Uh, check out our Instagram on the Turf Podcast. Uh, hopefully, you're watching this on YouTube, if not on Spotify. Follow us on all those platforms. Uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Keep watching football. Um, and we'll have another episode for you in the coming weeks. So, with that, my name is Ron Patel. I'm Shri Belmkanda. And thanks for watching On the Turf. We'll I don't know if there's a soundtrack, but that's we'll, all I'm going to say. We'll see, we'll see you next week on the turf. <laughs> we'll see you next week on the turf. That's yeah, it. Yeah, there, there we go. go. <laughs>